Hello, people. It's your favorite soccer dads, because I know you got many of them, and I know we're at the top of the list. We're back for another episode. It's been a minute uh, since our last conversation, which was off the charts, in my opinion. I think we hit it out of the park there. Um, Today, we've got Jared Bertrand and Zach Lewis. Both in the house here, down at Well Spent on Olive. Um, how you, how you fellas doing? That good? Awesome. I'm doing. All right, great I, episode. I, I'm doing great. I was waiting. I was giving Zach just first. He looks down in the dumps. His no, hair, not his hair doesn't look good. My hair definitely looks good. I mean, he just looks sad. I mean, I feel bad for him. Well, well you know, it's it's been a day. Well, and and Zach and in, in uh, you know. Uh, you, you you did not just experience the privilege, the environment, the uh, service that Jared did upstairs next door here. No, I did not. With his fine new haircut provided by Drumroll Midtown Barbershop. Just a wonderful place. Yeah. There Diamond in the rough. I would like to, to check it out for sure. I mean, it's literally next door to our... Uh, yeah, main uh, recording studio, so to speak, here at Wellspin. Yeah. HQ. So I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah, I know. For those of you that have been listening, um, we we brought it up time and time again. And here we are down at um, uh, Wellspent again. Uh, as it applies to Midtown with the upcoming soccer season, uh, this is going to be a brilliant solution uh, for the chaos that will be city games, home games in particular. Um, Two block, three block city walk. Uh, check it out. And if you need a haircut before the game, I'm sure that our friends next door at Midtown will be more than happy to help you out. Um, so uh, real quick, you know, because our, our guest just walked in here, we're going to jump in uh, in just a second. But a couple quick uh, uh, current event updates. Number one, if you noticed, did anybody know uh, the music I was playing there on the intro? Uh, werewolves. Um, That's right. Werewolves of London. Werewolves of London. Who, uh, sung by? I don't know it, but I do know the, the voice, and the voice is awesome. And he did he just recently pass? I can't. Nope. He was a uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee, the Mr. Warren Zevon. Mm. Zevon. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys are like, I'm playing that actually um, in honor of one of my best friends, Brian Crum. Uh, every year we go on a ski trip up to Galena, and every year late at night, inevitably, we play a lot of music. And every year, inevitably, he plays Warren Zevon, who is not one of my favorites. Um, and we, he threatens my life and says, this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I wonder and what the, uh, the revenue in Galena is from Webster Grove's residents on an annual basis. Um, it's got to be pretty high. Yeah, I mean, for those of you that don't know, Galena has a little uh, ski mountain there, a little ski bump, um, four-hour drive. Great drive, too. Actually, if you take the six-hour drive and head up 61 through Hannibal, it's really cool. You follow the river all the way up, and, and the slopes are on the river. Um, so check it out. Anyway, Warren Zevon was uh, one of the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, including Soundgarden was in there. Dolly Parton. Uh, yeah, Dolly, Willie Nelson was on the list. <laughs> Um, you know, so the, the the definition of rock and roll has is, is been pushed on these things anymore, but is what it is. 
Um, St. Louis City News, real quick. Uh, yes, was it today or yesterday? Single game tickets. Single game tickets went on to the general public today. Yeah. And sold out within five minutes, if that. Yeah. Is anybody watching or not watching? Just just paying attention to the social media and all the people complaining about how expensive <laughs> the prices are. I just. It's unbelievable to me. Well, it would not be a St. Louis um, event if you didn't have a group of people complaining about every aspect of the event. Well, they're they're complaining not only about the ticket prices themselves, but also about Apple Plus subscription, which is thirteen, fourteen dollars a month. Yeah. If you're not a, a My City member. Yeah. Or I think it's seventy dollars a year, something in that range, but. Yeah, they're complaining about $14 a month from a group of people that will spend $12.50 on a single bottle of beer because it was a limited release. Yes. I don't get that. I, I, I mean, should you congratulate that we have a team here finally and the ticket prices are what they are? And if they are going up and it's a hot ticket, that's a good thing for everybody. I agree. Either pay it or stay home, asshole. Here's the thing. Not everybody can go to the home opener. I mean, I'll be honest. I grew up in this area. I've been to one opening day for the Cardinals. I've only been to one. And actually, I don't think we made it in the stadium. I think we stood down on Broadway, saw the horses, and then walked right back in the bar whenever everybody left. Yeah. So well, I work. I mean, you, oh, you do. I mean, I work, so I don't. Well, one of us go. have to. So we uh, <laughs> thank you, Jared, for working on our behalf. <laughs> All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna roll in our guest today, and uh, we will be back in just a second. Hello, people. We're back. Got our guest settled in here. Done a well spent. He has a pop. It does not look like a... Ah, he went with the Fitzes. So, um, well spent. Thank you for providing some other local favorites here for our guests. Um, Anybody want to guess the artist here? Kind of falls in line with our theme today. This is garbage. No. (laughs) I feel like it is. (laughs) One of Missouri's own. Cheryl Crow. Thank oh, you. That's what I meant. Yeah. My wife hates Cheryl Crow. I don't know why. <laughs> I really don't know. She just I, doesn't like her monotone voice. I don't have a strong opinion either way. It's well, unbelievable how bad she dislikes her. I mean, it, it bothers me. Really? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I mean, she's kind of like. She's St. Louis. She's yeah, white toast. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is what it is. But she too is a nominee for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Oh. Um, her and I was kind of reviewing the list Willie Nelson, Iron Maiden uh, Rage Against the Machine, Soundgarden uh, George Michael Yeah, I saw that um, And I'm drawing a blank hip-hop artist too Oh, Tribe Called Quest Yeah Yeah, they were in there Are you leaving off the most important one That I keep saying that you won't It's not on, she's, not she's not on, on there. there She's not on it? Was she last year? No, she is every year in your book But no, Dolly Parton is not on the Hall of Fame ballot She's I feel like she's she yeah, she's she recused a lifetime. herself from the ballot. But I think she's oh, back, right. and then I think she's doing a rock and roll. She's album. doing a rock and roll album, and she said she won't even consider the Hall of Fame until. Well, Dolly, you're a Hall of Famer in my heart. I, every, she's a Hall of Famer in everybody's heart. <laughs> Sometimes it's kind of hard to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, see, yeah, there we go. You people thought we were just dicking around here. That was all on purpose. Oh yeah, because today's guest. 
knows a little bit something something about the Hall of Fame. Uh, we have the Mr. Jim Leaker, the president of St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame. How are you doing, Jim? Good evening. How are you? Sorry for being a little bit late. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. It gives us plenty of time to talk about ridiculous stuff prior. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we, we cross paths um, probably mid-fall, you know, a little yeah. late in the fall at your uh, boardroom um, down there at the tavern. Uh, uh, Sometimes on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, depending on how much work I can <laughs> get done with. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like to frequent, you know, the Amsterdam. They're 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 great participants of, of the of soccer, and yeah. you know everybody loves to go there. And um, I they support the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame also. So you know I like to you know support the people that support us. So pretty important. Yeah, and, and I actually played with Jack Stelzer, the father. Oh yeah, Matt and Rob. Yeah, Jack. Wow. Jack's still going along pretty good, but you know he's he's had a few bumps and grinds, but yeah, he's still around. Mad yeah. Jack. Yeah. I, yeah. Are you in that photo? The uh, the Budweiser team that's yeah. up on that wall there. I'm I'm in the back row, uh, second one from the left with all the that's hair hilarious. and the mustache. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's funny you know just that little story is just kind of <clears throat> it's one of those things that. You know, this show is really brought out to me. I mean, I kind of expected it. I knew it from being around a lot of individuals kind of casually or tangently like yourself, like Jack. Uh-huh. You know, and Amsterdam Tavern is a perfect representation of all that because it's it's literally visible on the wall. You know, when you look at those teams and, you know, those those 70s kits, you know, and the, and the old Budweiser logo and, and all of them. It's, yeah. There's just stories on the wall. And yeah. I'm really excited to have you here because you, I mean, not only were you, are, are you in those photos, therefore, ergo, part of those stories, but you've also been around the St. Louis soccer scene clearly your whole life, uh, and you've got such a unique role now. Uh, tell us a little bit, let, let's start more towards the end here with the Hall of Fame. Um, how, how long have you been in the position that you are? And just talk a little bit about the process and what the Hall of Fame means to you today. Um, I got involved with the Hall of Fame uh, probably about 17 or 18 years ago uh, uh, when I was asked to be a committee member. And I was a youngster on the CUDA's team when I first started, but I was also a youngster on the, on the committee because a lot of the guys were all, were all retired. I was still working. And the first thing that they asked me is, you can make the meetings at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, can't you? I said, well, I don't know if I can. If I can, I'll try. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting procedure, you know, to get involved with listening to the old guys, you know, because usually what they would do is sit around, talk about, you know, business for maybe five or ten minutes. And then for another hour, they would talk about the old times. Yeah. So it was it was great, you know, to hear stories. You know, we got a lot of work done, but, uh, yeah, it was it was really interesting to hear Pete Trena and Frank Borgi you know, and, you know, people like that, Dick Meisman, you know, Ed Cody from up up north, you know, just to listen to them, you know, talk about soccer, you know, in, in its, you know, infancy, basically, when, when it was in their heyday, you know, in the 50s and 60s, 40s, 50s and 60s. Right. So the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame, <clears throat> you guys have, I believe, 950 uh, members is that right? You Close. Got it. You got it almost to the penny. Yeah. Oh. As of as of this as of this class of 2023, we're going to be at 961. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, 
that process, because obviously, I mean, that's a pretty big number for a singular area. Yeah. Well, we've been involved with soccer. Well, the Hall of Fame has been involved for uh, 50 years. You know, it started when the Ben Miller's team that won the 1920 National Cup, which is now the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Um, which is the Open Cup. Which is the Open Cup yep. right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, ben Miller's won it. And then uh, 50 years later in 1970, um, Monsignor uh, Jimmy Johnston got everybody together because he was on, he actually on the team as a, as a player. And he said, let's have a reunion. And at that reunion, the Hall of Fame came up. And the following year was the first year of induction. 1971 was the first year. And it included a, a number of dignitaries, who, you know, number one players, including you know Jimmy Dunn and you know Denny Moore. I mean, there it, it, there was about 25 or 30 people who were inducted in that first class, and they, and they continued to do that until they finally realized that hey, we got to we're open filling this up quick. Up. Yeah, yeah, we got to open this up and and maybe put a uh, put a limit to how many people we can induct each year. Uh, the big the big number was in 78 and 79 when they looked back at all the people who put the you know put their shoes on right around the turn of the century yeah and up through 1920 and they inducted over 220 people posthumously oh wow yeah wow. you know over over two or three two or three years you know in total but um, yeah, it was it was a tribute to them, but and I'll, I'll mention this now because because of our website, we're, we're trying to find out the majority of those people who passed away that were inducted posthumously. I have no idea what their credentials are. I've been able to locate a couple of them, and they're true Hall of Famers. But it's just one of those things that you know these guys are in a Hall of Fame, but we don't have anything other than a plaque. That shows that they were inducted. Really? Does the uh, tell our listeners um, that for those that don't know, does the St. Louis Hall of Fame have a brick and mortar location? No, we we had it one time, but the uh, the property was owned by the state of Missouri, and they sold the property, and so we had to vacate and put it in in holding. We've been in touch with St. Louis City, but the, you know they're they're pretty well cramped for space also. So we've we've had conversations it probably won't be in the stadium itself okay it'll it'll probably be in the in the building across the street which is fine you know uh we've also been in touch with creve core park okay creve core um is a great venue great central area yeah Yeah. and, and my my thoughts about the hall of fame is i want people to go in and and see what the st louis soccer history is all about and uh Kids, kids mainly, you know, if they go to the stadium, they may not be able to see a whole lot right. because of the, the, the space. But, you know, maybe, you know, they're going to be opening up uh, their own building out there sooner or later. And um, we, we, who knows, we might have a couple of places. We might have some down at City. We might have some out at Creve Corps, you know, so... I mean, you break it up high school style, yeah. <laughs> right? Or St. Louis U. North versus South versus no, West versus yeah. East. I, you know, I, I've been asked, you know, when we, when we first were notified that we were going to be losing our space, you know, they said, oh, we could move it down to worldwide technology. 
and then I got a call from Lou Fuse and said, "Oh, we can move it out to the to the airport, you know, to the to the stadium out there." And as much as these two groups are a part of St. Louis soccer history, with worldwide technology, or I should start off with Denny Long in the brewery, right? And you know, uh, with Lou Fuse taking over the Rams building out there with Don Popovich, as much as these guys are a part, I just find it kind of hard. To say St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame at right one entity, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. That makes and, sense. And, and there's, you know, I can't say that there's 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 always some friction between the clubs. You know, my club's better than your club, and your club's better than mine. You know, that type of thing. And so we don't want to cause any frictions to to, to the to the venue. And and St. Louis County is run by the county. Um, there's no naming rights on it right now. You know the. You know, both, both clubs and any other club that's out there can use use the fields. You know, they just have to you know pay for the space. But, sure. You know, Mike Mike Hayes out there has, has done a bang up job with getting you know uh, tournaments to come to St. Louis. So, uh, and and that's what we want to see. You know, we want to see exposure. People coming to, hey, what is this St. Louis? Soccer Hall of Fame is all about. I got an idea. Why don't we? Why don't we just reach out to InBev, make a little Belgium call, right? <laughs> Build a little building right next to the stables. <clears throat> Talk about neutral ground that is like the epitome of our history of soccer. Yeah, you go to the brewery lights, and then you make a quick trip into the Hall through of the Fame. Whole, through the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, and you know, next, put, next put all the, the bugs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Jack Stelzer, I'm sure knows somebody down there, right? He <laughs> make a phone call. I, I think Jack knows a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk real quick. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, first thing, your induction. You know what what did that mean to you? You know, talk quick quickly about the process and how it made you feel. Well, you know when I when I was first approached, I was I was handed a four pages of paper and. They basically said, "Here, tell us about yourself." And I'm going. Soccer players are humble. We don't <laughs> like to talk about ourselves. We don't like to. If you want to say use the word brag, you know, we're very humble in what we've done. You know, a good example. I'll, I'll continue on with myself, but good example is Steve Moyers, a okay. national player, you know, from St. Louis. I had a nice conversation with him because we have changed some of our procedures. But Steve says, I played the game for my love of the game. And I don't need to be a part of the Hall of Fame. I'm going, ooh. You know, that's how, how would Stan Musial take that? You know, yeah. Stan Musial would say, nah, I don't want to be a Hall of Famer. You know, you want to be a Hall of Famer. So he's, he's on a ballot. He's on an upcoming ballot, whether he likes it or not. Yeah. But getting back, to, <laughs> getting back when I was inducted, I was handed... You know, four four pieces of paper that said, tell me about yourself. And I went home and I, gosh darn it, you know, it, do I really want to put down all this stuff? And, you know, finally I I completed it and, you know, I sent it in. And, you know, I guess it was about six or seven months later, uh, I got the call from, from the committee and said, congratulations, you're going to be a part of the, the 1998 class. And I was... I was so taken back that, I, you know, once I couldn't believe it. I I had been to many of the other classes, sure. And I mean, these guys that, that were being inducted, you know, prior to me, 
gosh darn, you know, these are some name players that put St. Louis on the map. So not to sell <clears throat> any of the others out, but who's the one name that, like, as you're laying in bed and you're, like, proud of that induction? Oh. Who's, who's the person that you're like, I'm on the same wall? You know, like, oh, is your idol or otherwise? My, my, one of my biggest idols was Bill Luby. You know, up until uh, a few few years ago, Brian McBride broke his record wow. for scoring the uh, World Cup, you know, World Cup goals. Mm-hmm. You know, but Bill Luby uh, had a chance to to play on the same field as him. It, it was it was really, and and that just well, Bill Bill I idolized because we were playing side by side basically, uh, but on that same field was Val Pelizzaro, Bill Epi, Dave Otten. You know. Some some dynamite players, you know, that made soccer and continue to, to you know, create offspring that sure. are are just tremendous players. Okay, so let me follow up on that real quick. How does it make you feel being so you know clearly involved with the organization and the role that you are? Talk about when you see the names repeat themselves generationally, because I noticed oh. that too. Like, what what does that really say about our region? You know, on a on a larger scale. Well, you know, you talk about the Pelizeros. You know, it was mm-hmm. Val and then Tom, and then now Tom's got boys. Bill Epi, um, he was a, an Olympic player. His son Joe is being inducted this year, and his grandson. Well, we just lost Bill not too long ago, but Bill's grandson Joe's boy is uh, is playing at Vianney. So there's three generations right there. That's is, phenomenal. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm sure you, you know, if, if I sat down and, and thought about it, there's probably more, yeah. more than we, we could think of. Well, let's 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 shift shift gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about your career. Um, you you played at SLU. Yes. And then coming out of there, you went into the NASL. Uh, let's talk about those SLU teams first. You know, just do do a little name dropping. How were your years there? And then talk about that transition into the pro league. Well, uh, my first. At the time, you only had three years of eligibility, so freshmen weren't able to play. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't and, know that. And um, go back even further, they—they, they, I never saw any documents on this, but they—they they said at one time, when there was a when there was a throw-in, you know, ball goes out of bounds, that they could either throw it in or they could kick it in, you know. <laughs> so it created a, a it created you know a corner kicks from from midfield type of thing, you know. So. Uh, but I played one year for Bob Gelker, and we lost in a mud game down on Mullally Field, down down on South Kings Highway, and uh, it was devastating because you know they had won you know in prior years, but you know it's just like we want to keep that trend going. Yeah. And it was right around the time of the Vietnam War, and I dropped out the year of 1967 when Bob Gelker left and went over to SAU Edwardsville and um, I joined the National Guard and I came back for the 68 season at St. Louis U with Harry and Val and you know Harry Harry and Val saw me when they were refereeing high school games so they they kind of had an idea that hey this guy might be suited for the Kudas team not knowing that I would be going to St. Louis U. What an unbelievable timeline. Yeah. Can I ask you yeah. this during yeah. that time? Um, with that Kudas team forming, how, like, 
my question, I guess, would be, was the Cudis team as competitive or more competitive than the college teams? It's <laughs> uh, a hard one to say. When you were playing here in St. Louis, you, you knew you were in for a good game. When you were playing college, you knew you had to be up for a good game. You know, because you really didn't know your your opposition. You okay. know, so you know the coaches probably had a pretty good idea, but you know, college soccer in the '60s was still really in its infancy. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. You know, it's it's grown so, so any team on any day in college, especially Division One, can beat one another. You know, one team could have a good day, one could have a bad day. You know, and that's what happened to us in '68. We we went to Maryland, and we had a bad game. You know, I think we had two own goals, and we lost the game three or three or four to two or three to one, something like that. But uh, it was that was the most devastating loss that I that I think I had um, at St. Louis U. And then in '69 we came back and we we won out in San Jose, um, which. Oddly enough, if I would not have won that year, I would have been the first graduate to go through the program and not be on a national championship team. <laughs> yeah. At St. So, Louis U. You, did, oh. you. <laughs> you, did, you didn't want that placard. I, no. <laughs> it was my brother who told me that's that statistic. Did he, I, did he call you like the night before the game and no. said, hey, FYI, bro? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Actually, my brother Joe, he was on the team also. But he was called away for National Guard duty. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, we had an opportunity to, 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 be, uh, to get in the National Guard, to, to stay close to home. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those things. So, so then coming, coming out of SLU, you, you were drafted into the league. Yeah, well, I, I, the story goes that I always wanted to be a baseball player. And I went over to Cronulla Sunday morning to, to learn a little bit more about playing baseball. And after a couple of years, they said, hey, do you play soccer? And I said, well, you know, we don't have anything at St. John's. I've, I've always wanted to be a baseball player. And so the way it went was, yeah, we have a high school team, but it's not the greatest. And he says, well, why don't you just play soccer for us? Well, that one, that one year I played on the soccer team, uh, there's currently five, five or six people who are on that team that are in the Hall of Fame. Oh wow! <laughs> Mike Villa, you know Joe Carranza. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know we all played baseball together, and so we you know, all of a sudden we're playing soccer together too. And yeah. it was at it was at that time that um, I got a call from uh, a gentleman whose son played on DeBerg High School, and the day before I. I scored two goals and I had an assist, and we beat DeBerg. And come to find out that DeBerg had probably a dozen players that were on the current Kudis Junior team that won the national championship team. And he said, we'd like for you to come out to try out for the Kudis Junior team. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and then we lost, we lost to Immaculate Hardaberry in the finals for the, junior, the Missouri <laughs> State champion. And we were playing against guys like Wally Werner and Tom Rich. Wally Werner. Yeah, and, you know, just, you know, Tom Booker, you know, and they went on to win the national championship that year. And it was the night that we lost that I got a phone call from Harry Keel and said, hey, I'd like for you to meet Nick Jost, and we'd like to bring you up to the, to the senior team. 
I go, oh, okay. You know, I'm how not old say are no. you then? How, how old I, are you at that I point? I want to say 17, 18. So know. that time frame, uh, and I'm going to set the stage for you because it's the most dynamic, most unbelievable thing that I've, that I've read, that, 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 you know, just being in St. Louis and listening to the history of the game. Um, you're, you know, 19, early 1960s. You're in your mid-teens, low-teens probably. You're 75? I'm seven. Yeah, I'll be okay. 76 in April. 76. So, okay, you're 75 now. Um, St. Louis Public School, which I want you to tell me about the stadium. I want you to set the whole stadium. How does our CYC All-Stars, um, word on the street, legend has it, Liverpool, current FA Cup champs, yeah. come over here and play our CYC All-Stars and I mean, do they have their full team? What was the weather like? You're a young kid. There's a bunch of people at St. Louis Public School. And what was the result of the game? We're winning and we tie. Is that correct? We're, we were winning one to nothing, and with about, I want to say it was about ten minutes to go in the game, a, a, one of the Liverpool players hit hit an unbelievable shot and went in. And Bobby Keogh, who was the backfield. Uh, in the backfield for the All-Stars. Yeah, who's on that team? Talk about oh, that, gosh. too. Oh, man. Pat, you know, Pat McBride, Tommy Layton, you know, Dolph Krause. I, oh, gosh darn. I, I'm it, 75. It, I'm starting it, to lose it. It, but, you know, it, it, was a, it was a who's who of, of soccer players. In it. John, John and Pete Train, I think, they were on the team. But Sammy Davis was on the team. Um, they were CYC players, so... Harry, Harry Keel wasn't there. Val Pelizero wasn't there. CYC has changed. You go from Liverpool to kickball. Well, no, it's, <laughs> it's the transition from CYC to club soccer. Yeah. You know, uh, club soccer has basically taken over the youth that used to play, you know, on the CYC levels. Right. And, and now mom and dad think that little Johnny or little Susie is going to be the next, you know. Josh Sargent. Josh Sargent or Becky Sarr run, and uh, we're going to put him, even though he's six years old or seven years old and he kicked the ball <laughs> in the backyard, we're going to yeah. we're going to put him on a club team. So so get a full-ride scholarship, get on a professional team. And, you know, it's you have to be in the right place at the right time. And, it, and it's basically what happened to me, you know. If I, wouldn't, if I wouldn't have played a good game against a bird, you know, would I have been a baseball player? Probably not. But my dreams were baseball, you know, and all of a sudden my dreams turned to, to soccer. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to get in with a good group of guys, and I was always a good listener. You know, uh, early on in, in baseball, I liked to think about the game. You know, and my coaches said, okay, runner on first, you're playing second ball comes to you what are you going to do with it you know there's one out two outs three outs you know runner on third you know, no out you know so they always had had you thinking you know no matter if you were in the outfield or, or behind the plate you know or you know hitting the ball you know you were always thinking and that's that's the way I took to soccer you know I, I like to study the game and I, I had a chance to be a student to some of the greatest players in St. Louis history and so they, they made me what I am today, you know. Uh, played so a few a, years. I have a strange yeah. potential question, or potentially strange question, which is I envision that time in the 60s and, and 70s where 
baseball was still the dominant sport in St. Louis. Oh, yes. By definitely. a lot. I mean, yeah. and we can talk about the soccer history, but it's it was still kind of a niche. Yeah. And it wasn't getting national yeah. recognition or <clears throat> no, even was... local recognition outside of the clubs that you played for, the teams you played for. No. But I imagine with the amount of talent that was coming out at that time, was soccer something that you could play out in the field? You, you, you grew up in a neighborhood. Would you guys get together and play? Or was it one of the things that was just more of a an institutional type of thing where I, I only play when I'm with my team or, or, or with my school? No, if, if you wanted to, you know, I was always playing baseball up at St. John's. Right. You know, I know for a fact, you know, Bill McDermott talks about how Don Cerecia would be you know, the person to pick who's going to go to the main field and who's going to stay on the lower field, yeah. you know, up, up, up north, you know. But, you know, South, South St. Louis, they had Cronlet Park on the other side of the railroad tracks. There was a nice piece of land that all the guys, you know, just show up and kick around, you know. But I, I didn't know that until later because, right. once again, I was playing baseball. But they would, they would be down there almost every night. You know, Harry, Val... Pete Sorber, you know, they would, they would choose up sides. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so let's kind of pu- let's, let's pull all this together because I'd like your opinion on kind of the state of the state of soccer today <clears throat> here in our backyard because you're, you're in an incredibly unique position having lived experiences and then obviously relationships with so many of these individuals over generations and being in the position you are now at the hall of fame you know just talk about st louis soccer like if if a soccer guy happens to be traveling through town they're coming to a city game and they're from tulsa whatever you know how would you describe it like how do you encapsulate all of these years like what's 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 the moral of the story here why did it happen in your opinion and why was it so why were so many so successful? Heck yeah. Well, Give next Tuesday State of the Union. <laughs> That's it. State of the Union. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. No, it's I great. mean, it's, it's a great question. You know, the state, the state of St. Louis soccer during the 60s and, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s, nobody could beat us. If you were, if you were to come. Especially Kansas City teams. Especially or Liverpool. Kansas, <laughs> you know, Kansas City really, really didn't have a... Um, well, they had a senior senior league, but when there was a, a cup game, you know, that you were representing the state of Missouri, nobody from Kansas City would come to St. Louis because they knew that they would be... That's still but, the same. That's still the state of the union. Yeah, but didn't, yeah. didn't you get the memo that they are the soccer capital of they America? Are, they are the new soccer capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but long story short, I, I actually played, I actually played in, a, in a cup game against the Kansas City, I think they were called the Internationals. They traveled to St. Louis to play in a cup game and, you know, against Kudus. And, and we kind of handled them pretty, pretty good. But uh, Did they uh, bring they, barbecue, they, like no, as an no, offering? No. <laughs> like, please don't hurt us that bad? No. But uh, like I said, you know, now if they brought a team into St. Louis, it could be a knockdown, dragout fight, and you know, good day, bad day, you know, that team could could beat a St. Louis team. Yeah, but not really. Time, uh, but <laughs> no. Well, we're hoping we're, we're hoping that the, the Kansas City 
St. Louis, Nashville, Chicago rivalry. Well, will, that will be the will be the key. You you kind of cheated my one of my questions. Um, <clears throat> you know, looking at the upcoming MLS season, and you know the fifty-five, the seventy, and the you know the the, the Nashville yep. route. In your opinion, I mean, over the years, all these cup teams that you've played club otherwise, which of the cities really do you, do you feel is is if you had to rank them as your uh, uh, rival, uh-huh. which city realistically is our rival? Well, and why is it not Kansas City? Well, <laughs> no, no, I just no. <laughs> uh, Chicago. Chicago was our nemesis when we were playing senior ball. If you got through a Chicago, you had a pretty good chance of, of going all the way. And you know, Chicago not only had Chicago, but it also had the Milwaukee teams in their, yeah. in their region. Bavaria. So, Gansler, Bavarian teams. Bob Gansler was one of my best friends. And his son, Dan, actually played soccer for me. He was at Saint, he was at Washington U. Yeah. And yep. and Dan's a great guy, great soccer player. And Bob's still hanging on. You know, just a, what a mind that gentleman had. Yeah. yeah. That tall, lean center back. Yeah. This clean, smooth players. They were good players. He, the way he became my friend was I scored against the Milwaukee Milwaukee Bavarians, mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a scrapbook nut. And I asked Larry Hausman, I said, Hey, you know, is there anybody on this team that you know that you know could send me the article? And he says, Yeah, Bob. I'll, I'll introduce you to Bob Gaffney <laughs> yeah. because they were on the, they were on the, on the Olympic team together, yeah, yeah. World Cup team together, and so. I met Bob then, and then I ran into him a number of other times playing with it against his teams and with against him. Yeah. But, you know, fast forward to the the nineties, you know, when he was the World Cup coach and they were practicing out at out at uh, soccer park. Yeah. I just kind of stood behind him and I just kind of waited for all the people to leave him, and I walked up to him. And I says, "Mr. Gansler, do you remember who I am?" And he says, Jim Leaker. Yeah. Now, the answer, <laughs> nice. I go, and he oh, handed you the clipping? No, 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 no. He sent it to me right away. Oh, good. But, but I, I relayed that story to Dan, and he says, his dad had a mind for names. It's like this, like those guys that you would see on the Ed Sullivan show who would yeah. you know, go out in the audience and he'd name everybody. You know, well, for your money um, and for my money, you know, traveling through the the country at these youth these these facilities that have been around for years, that Bavarian facility up there in Milwaukee, it's fun. That, oh. that I mean, that's a gem. That, that that place up there is a gem. Yeah, it, it is very it's magnificent. You know, I, I I think we were one of the first teams that played up there when they when they had the put the new chalet yeah in. yeah uh, the first time i went up there beer but, garden yeah the first time i went up there was just a, uh, a two-story brick building that couldn't fit into a a, a block or into a, a a room here in st louis yeah. you know it was just it's just one of those things so let, i, I want to stay on this open cup in the cup conversation a little bit because currently <clears throat> uh I, I know you're on socials as well i don't know if you're on twitter a lot uh, but in Twitter world, after this weekend, there was a huge uproar, and a lot of feelings were hurt, specifically coming from the Lamar Hunt crew, the Open Cup page, the official pages for, for the Open Cup. They were attacking, in my opinion, attacking a lot of the uproar and the fer- fervor for the, the story that is Wrexham. 
that is currently going on in the FA Cup. And I caught myself, I think I, text, I texted you guys as I was watching this game. Um, number one, I was like thinking to myself, how do we go in 30, 40 years time from a single game on Soccer Made in Germany, maybe on a Sunday morning, to a Saturday, 11, p, 11 a.m., ESPN Plus, fifth division team from England. And I know why. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, it's pretty yeah. good looking, right? I mean, yeah. he's no he, Rob McElhaney, yeah. but no, I, he's neither. But he, the point is, and I think you know where I'm going with this the, the, the enthusiasm that has resulted in America in particular from casual or not even soccer fans that are into this Wrexham story. And the FA Cup route, it really pissed off the Open Cup camp because they're like, uh, "Hello, this we've been doing this forever." Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know, just just well, because you laughed about coaching, it and you yeah, knew where I was, I was going coaching, when I was coaching. You know, our, our our two cups that we were always going after was the amateur and the <clears> Open <throat> Cup. Amateur were strictly amateur. The Open, yeah, you could have professionals or former professionals playing on a team, but those were the two cups. Well, when the MLS started getting involved with it, you know, I told the players, I said, how neat would it be if we win the Open Cup and have LAFC come to St. Louis and play at Mulally Field? You know, how would that, how would that look? <laughs> right. You know, it, never, it never came to that. But um, so the, the so-called amateur teams who, who were the backbone of, of these cups were kind of left out. So what they actually did was they would still have the open cup, but one team would go to represent the, the United States in the MLS, you know. So, yes, there's an opportunity for that to happen. But, you know, whether or not they get brought by the first round or not. I wonder, I'm trying to remember who the, who the player was that was a national team player. And he was retired, but he had a team of his cronies. And, oh yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. and and they had they played a cup game on their home field against you know an MLS it, team. Yeah, it was against the Galaxy, wasn't it? Or it was out west. Yeah, it was out west, and I can't remember who it was against. But you know, they held their own for a while. Yeah. But it's one loss and you're out. You yeah. Know? So it's not like home and home. You know, it's just you're you were out. Yeah, I just thought it was funny though. I mean, you guys, you, you, I'm sure you saw a lot of the the yeah. Twitterverse going nuts, you know, because this whole Wrexham story, much like, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, the Ted Lasso effect, uh, and really the overall, I would say, the production of soccer on television is so good and so accessible in places like Amsterdam. I mean, they're just all the, the ability to watch the game at the highest level, the best players has never been the same. But well, I think these stories... It's the stories. It's, it's, <clears throat> I'm not going to try to equate soccer in America to Formula One, but I will for a second. It's it's show. Formula Un. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Jared's our French interpreter. It, it, I, would, I would say the majority of, of Formula One fans in the United States recently... Yeah. came from watching the show yeah. on Netflix All where day. you got into the kind of the drama of the team and the money behind it and the ownership and the technology and it was a collective story and now they're on season five yeah it's one of the most watched sports shows on Netflix I think 
What McElhenney and Reynolds have done with Wrexham is very similar. They took the same kind of formula, which is got kind of an, a, a unique story yeah. that people can resonate with, and we're going to push it out and and shine it up. And I think that's what they did. And and Ted Lasso was is, is, is part of that. Um, but I, I I still go back to what makes St. Louis unique. Yes, is the stories. Yeah, because when you're telling these stories from you know the 60s, 70s, 80s, into the 90s, into the 2000s, but yet you are still connected to folks from the 40s, 50s, and the 60s, yeah. and you can keep telling those stories, it, it inspires generation after generation. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's unique about St. Louis. But then you tack on all the social media pieces with Wrexham and oh Ted God. Lasso. It just accelerates everything. Yeah. And well then we said. have a World Cup coming yeah. here in, in yeah. three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, and and to get to talk about stories, one of the uh, you guys familiar with Shakespeare in the Park? Sure. Uh, the people of Shakespeare in the Park. Oh yeah. Well, they also do a a takeoff of Shakespeare, and they they hit certain areas. Like the most recent one was the Bevel Bevel Mill area, and they they talked about people who lived in the Bevel Mill area. Well, September twenty three is going to be talking about the stories and the characters of soccer in St. Louis. Oh wow! Oh wow! So it's it's going to be you know it's going to be. Can you put us in touch with those people? We'd like to. Be, we, we want to. So talk to is that the Shakespeare Fest people? Same crew. Yeah, Sh- Shakespeare St. Louis. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so Colin O'Brien, which I'm going to give you a shout out on this, Colin. Uh, he's part of that crew. <laughs> he he was the one. You guys might remember this. You remember the guy that made all the news locally. Because he started a dating page that was literally datecolinobrien.com, and it uh, went and it went viral. Uh, it was maybe. all over the country, right? And anyway, he Zach visited it <laughs> when uh, I did because he had only because you sent me the link, Jared. That was great. <laughs> he, he had a stats page where he's you know talking about how many hours a week of Game of Thrones he watches and all this stuff. It was <laughs> hilarious. But he he was part part of the crew early on. He submitted the the uh, you know when when the team was asking for designs and name ideas, like he had the Chuck Berries or something like that. And <laughs> I remember, I remember some of them. Yeah. Yeah. So he's so that soccer connection. I totally went on a tangent there because you got to look up Colin O'Brien date Colin dot com and Colin, you can send a check to Soccer Dad Pod for that shout out. You know, free advertising for you. But back to the whole uh, what you were addressing, Zach the why Wrexham, why Ted Lasso, and really why the highest level of players in those games are resonating, it is the stories. It is the players. It is the people. And and I, and I think that this is where <clears throat> I believe MLS and really Open Cup teams historically, um, it's not that they're not developing good quality competition at the highest level. They haven't figured out how to, to dig into the secret sauce of those stories. And then selfishly or arrogantly as a St. Louisan, I just think that we have the best stories. And I'm sure other cities have good stories, but you know, sitting here talking to you and thinking about the nineteen twenty team, thinking about the nineteen fifty team. The think, five kids on the picture in Amsterdam. Yeah, the the, the, yeah. the, 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 the you know, this the autograph uh, yeah. you know, uh, Pete Dunn's picture in yeah. there. All of these stories, like I mean, you're talking a 25 series, you know. How many stars are on Slew's jersey? More that, than anybody that he else. was involved yeah, in. T- I mean, come ten on. Right, ten right now. 
But you know, like I said, on that, you know, St. Louis brought college soccer to the forefront. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know. And we were so Indiana's, good that we had a guy, we had a team, and we had an era across the river that was St. Louis's rival. Yeah. That was that that was part of that story that were relevant that were very very good. Ed Gettemeyer, we yeah. had him on a show. Yeah. And then go up north a little bit. You got Quincy. Uh, Jack. And then go a little bit north, north than that. It was Michigan State. And then you go go east a little bit. Now you got Indiana. All of these teams were created using St. Louis U, St. Louis bred players. Wow. You know, just that, wow. you know, it, and, and it got to the point where kids, talented kids, decided, you know, maybe I've been in St. Louis too long. Yeah, maybe I'll go to Indiana. Maybe I'll go to, uh, to UCLA. Maybe I'll go someplace else as opposed to just staying, <clears throat> yeah. staying, staying still, home. I still think the connection there is... If you did, the reason I ask you the question about playing in in the alley or, or uh-huh. in the park was because soccer has been somewhat hard to access access in the U.S. for a long time, uh, meaning outside of pre-K leagues. Meaning for most people, yep. soccer was a sport that kids played, and then they grew up and played football <laughs> or, right. or baseball yeah. or basketball or whatever. Yeah. I think what's happening now is that the kids that grew up in the club scene that was started in places like St. Louis, Kansas City, those are those are guys and, and girls that are growing up, and now they're seeing other connective points like a show on Netflix or yeah. uh, the MLS or the World Cup, and so the, the connective tissue is starting to really solidify. Yeah. My question to you is, you, you started the NASL with some rock stars that came from internationally, internationally into yeah. St. Louis, New York, and all the different clubs you know, that were around during that time. I don't think that we take, I think we do take for granted that the MLS is just going to continue to be here. And I don't know if that's always the case. So yeah. my question to you is when you joined the NAS- NASL and you were playing, was it in the back of your mind that this is a fleeting moment that I got to take every second? Or was it... Well, that we have oh, a, a league, and it's going I, to be here forever. How, how, I, I actually well, thought it was going to be forever. Yeah, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to a quick break and make you sit through one of our lame commercials. Okay. Right? Oh, boy. Yeah, and we're going to roll out because I want to hear that answer. But we're going to play real quickly. Another Hall of Fame nominee. Any guesses? Come on, people. This is KC Classic. <laughs> let it play. Let it play. Let it play. All right. Name that Let's tune. Let's play. Name that tune. Are you cheat? It is. Oh, Iron. Yeah. Oh, Iron Maiden. That's right. Run to the hills. We're going to run to a break, refill our beers, and we're going to get the answer to that question in a second. Jim, thank you. We'll bring you right back sure. uh, because I got to talk about what is it? Seven hundred thirty-two grandkids. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all players. Most of them are players. So yeah. we're going to be right back. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hey everyone, JB here with Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors, really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, 
some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Oh, no. Service. I blame AT&T because Wellspent's Wi-Fi is awesome, and I'm not on their Wi-Fi. All right. Jared? There you go. There's your Rage Against the Machine. Another 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee. Um, which really, you know, I've been thinking about this rock and roll thing a lot because it's like, I mean, think about the ballot. You have Warren Zevon, then you got Willie Nelson. And then you got Rage Against the Machine. Then you got Sheryl Crow. It's all over the board. Diversity. It is diversity, right? And only five win, so our five get in. Deathmatch. I take Iron Maiden, deathmatch-wise. Or Willie. Honestly, I don't you, think anything you, can you play that Willie. song from Iron Maiden. Run to the Hills? Yeah. I, I like Iron Maiden. I, I don't think I've ever... I, I, I couldn't uh, tell you a song. Revisit that question. Let Mr. Leaker answer it. Well, I'm going to. I just, I just wanted to say that I, 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 I'm glad Iron Maiden's like, in there, but I don't know what that means. What did I really agree to here? <laughs> no, but what, my, my, my question was really about how when you came into the NASL, there was, I, I was asking your state of mind as to the future of the league, and you had started by saying, I thought it would be here forever. Yeah, I, I actually did think it was going to be here forever. You know, we were, we were kind of, turning the table a little bit but you know it was that time of the it was that era that a lot of people could go out to Mullally Field they could go to, to Washington U they could go to Cronulet Park they could go up north and see great soccer players play there also so to come out to a, to a you know St. Louis Stars game it, it, it was we had to win the fans over in the first couple of years we weren't because we weren't winning and you know, I've been around long enough that, you know, I've seen the basketball hawks leave. I've seen two football teams leave. I've seen, you know, the Blues almost leave because and, and end up in Saskatoon. But um, Shan- Mike Shanahan kept it in St. Louis. Yeah. And um, you know, now it's back to a city-owned or you know, closely owned organization that's going to try and keep the, keep the Blues here. But um, yeah, since we weren't winning. And, you know, just like football, you know, the, the Cardinals left, the Rams came, the Rams left, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. St. Louis, <coughs> Louis likes winning teams. Now, if, if the Cardinals have a losing season, you know, they'll still have three million people in the seat. Yeah, they got three million one. Um, yeah. If they yeah. win, they have three million nine. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, to get those people to love the soccer game yeah. and, and in watching these players play in practice you know when I get a chance to go to their, one of their media events these guys are out to play high level soccer I mean it's you know you watch we watch a Premier League and you watch you know, kind of slow play and then all of a sudden there's a transition and everybody's running fast these guys are running fast 
the entire game, you know, yeah. we're working out. I mean, it's it's really it's, it's a force the issue type of style. You're right. Yeah. yeah so talk yeah. about a little bit about the connection between your organization and city. Meaning, well, city's been yeah. really pushing for this community concept, and yeah. I would imagine that there's some connection between your work yeah, and I'm with theirs and if you can talk to yeah. that and then talk about any events you've got coming up as yeah. well I, I i saw that i'm trying to remember what the, their logo was on the on the truck that i saw today it was uh the future starts here or something or future starts now <laughs> and i'm going hmm you know no the, the future was really you know years ago you should it you should, know, it should continuing read, on yeah new merch sales yeah. start now <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> but you know to, to get back to the st louis soccer hall of fame yeah it's it's been a dream to be involved with the organization you know uh you ask about you know, how do you get in you know it's an application it used to be an application. Now we'll call JB and say, JB, you know, I'm going to nominate you into the Hall of Fame. I hope you accept this nomination. Right. And, you know, because everything is so out in the open now. We know who's played and where they've played right. and how successful they were. Absolutely. Have you ever heard of Jared Bertrand? <laughs> he, he's playing hard to get well, Missouri State University Hall of Fame we'll hey, Jim, because have, we have you know, and, you've got a filter mechanism yeah, don't you no but okay. yeah, there is a filter mechanism <laughs> but you know there's 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 a fine line between sure you know uh, a guy who sits on a bench on a team that's winning championships as opposed to that guy that's on the team scoring goals or stopping goals you know, he's a part of the team, and that's Absolutely. why we—that's why we came came out with the Monsignor Meyer Team Award when Monsignor Meyer passed away. We thought it was a great way to, you know, get everybody from that team involved with recognition in the Hall of Fame. I'm I'm not in the St. Louis University Hall of Fame, but I am as part of the team in 1969. Not yet. Uh, if it happens, it happens. But you know, I I feel proud that I'm a member of that 1969 team. Well, you know? I mean, that's really what all of us, you know, in, in in whatever level that you play, if you're a player, it comes down to your team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Th those experiences, and, and you know, and I heard you. It, it really resonates me when when you you know, and most people don't get it that haven't played competitive sports, but the memory of losses. <laughs> always sits at the top of the freaking mountain. I can remember. I can remember. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you never forget those. I, I mean, I remember plenty of winning scenarios, you know, in the lame little medals and all that other stuff, right? But I can definitively, the games that changed my life were the losses. Yeah. For, for the better in most cases. That's but. right. Yeah, you have to take, and that's what I'm trying to instill in my, my grandkids who you know, <laughs> you know, don't expect to win. Do you guys know who his grandkid is, right? The one that we know. Oh nine, uh, uh, Jacob. Yeah. Well, Jacob. Nick, nickname. Oh my God. What did I? My nickname for him is uh, uh, Vidad. Or no, no, no. Uh, the he, Mohawk. He used to have a Mohawk. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but, trying to blank. Anyway, yeah. He, yeah. He was. Uh, he's a little motor. Funny because it was like they would train together. Uh, last year they would train together right, all the time. Right. And he he'd love. He he just loved going toe to toe with the 08s. Yeah. Like he was ready, but yeah. you have you have nineteen grandchildren. Twenty. We just had the twentieth uh, not oh. too long ago. Wow! Well, yeah. Congratulations. Almost and eleven to the eleven. 
Yeah. You're, well, with, <laughs> you, with you, you, end that, I mean, you can be a uh, <laughs> keeper sweeper on one team. And <laughs> no, when, when one of the Kaiser boys, one of the 10 year olds, gave me a pass during our, our Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving Day parade, uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah. He, he gave me a pass and he says, go with it. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> There you run, I was, I was stuck on the sideline, and, and I wasn't going to be moving. So <laughs> so with with all of the kids, I mean, for you personally, I mean, this is really just kind of a family question for you. Like, how, how does it make you feel knowing that you know, from your childhood, fast-forwarding to now, where you have so many grandchildren that are in the process at different levels, uh, high to wreck, you know, how does it make you feel? No, I mean you have a soccer family. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just as proud of those that aren't soccer family. Sure, aren't soccer players. You know, I um, Adam Adam Leaker went to Rockhurst because he wanted to be an accountant. He knew that had a good accounting field, and he thought maybe I can get on the on the team too. So he talked to the coach and said, you know, I, and it, it, they gave him a little bit of money to play on the it team. Was that also. Toko? Tony. Yeah, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know when COVID hit, you know he went up and says, you know what, I I'm just going to concentrate on my school, which is which is great. Good enough. You know, yeah, and and uh, granddaughter Katie, who's uh, going to be a junior at Fonpon, you know, just a dynamite player. You know, J- Jackson Kaiser, who who walked onto the uh, field as a as a freshman on for the JV team, and he's highly respected uh, by all the coaches. And I think that has to do with their upbringing. You know, I like like I tell them, your your mind's going to take you further than your feet ever will. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. So just you know, just be a good student, be a good person, and let you know let things happen. You know, if you're going to be a soccer player, it's fine, but you always have to think that that's going to come to an end. And that's why I I tell them, I said, you know, what happens if you lose? What happens if a player takes your spot? I throw a tantrum. Well, you know, I, I can yeah. concur. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and, and, and those things happen. Yeah, those I'm just happen. kidding. Talk about no, your uh, talk about your um, events that are coming up. Uh, the namely the 23 Hall of, Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Mainly, mainly the St. Louis, you know, Soccer Hall of Fame class of t- 2023. Can uh, you gonna, a name drop real quick? Sure. Who you yeah, got? We got Joe Eppy, Lindsey Kennedy, Eversmeyer. Nice. Kevin Grork, yep. Kevin Handlin, Mike Laposha, Mark Moser, Jeff Robin, mm-hmm. Phil Teresi, Mike Twelman, Tim Walsh, and a gentleman by the name of Alex McNabb. Alex was one of those guys that came over in the twenties and played came into came to St. Louis by way of the East Coast because he beat the Ben Miller's team the year before and he saw that, hey, this is a team that I wanted to be a part of. Wow. And he and Billy Gonzalez and a couple of other players left their roots and came to St. Louis and created a dynasty. And, you know, just like, you know, part of our Hall of Fame is it was always you had to be born in St. Louis. Well, you know, that leaves out the Tony Glavins, it leaves out the Don Popovich. You know, so we wanted to make sure that if they stayed, if they kept their roots in St. Louis, yeah, you know, they should be eligible. When is so that event? It's going to be March the 31st. March we, the 31st at Union Station. Um, 
We're only going to have one major award, uh, the Monsignor Meyer Award. It's going to be given to Dr. Abe Hawatna, who who kept the who, who tried to bring the steamers back and you know in in the early years and created the only uh, championship that's soccer related in St. Louis. <laughs> so you know, Dr. Abe's going to be getting an award, and then we we used well we we normally would be honoring two future stars, a male, two males, and two females. And we said, okay, let's just take it easy. You know, we're not going to do any other major awards. We're not going to be do, do the team award or the coach award. We're just going to take take it a, a step at a time. Because at one time, we'd have a 1,000 people, you know, trying to get in to, to our event. And when COVID hit, it, a lot of the people are, are, are rather old. And they didn't want to come out. So... We're, we're taking a step back, and we're just going to see how things go. And the way things are going right now, they're, they're going pretty well. You know, we still have we have, still have two months to go, almost two months, February and March. But, uh, yeah, the, the ticket sales have been very promising. So we're, we're really happy about that. Well, well, we'll be sure to share the link on that. And um, we have Miss Lindsay Eversmeyer. Yes. We've been, we've been communicating. She's on the docket. Uh-huh. Uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Because we get so many male opinions on this show. <laughs> and she is, I follow her on Twitter. And I love, I love her Twitter. Oh, I yeah. love it that she's pushing back and saying, oh my one God. more recruit calls me sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's great. Mind. She's an Eastsider. Yeah. You know, I, yes. can, I can tell she's got that 6-1-A blood oh, in her. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so she's coming. And I have another question. It just a suggestion maybe like an honorary award something that like you know to to bring in the whole community i think it'd be great if you had like instead of the golden boot the golden mic award you know (laughs) because i heard this podcast that has been killing it in season two talk about michelle smallman's (laughs) 101 yeah we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna go over the rules this is great this is i mean this is great just to sit around and talk you know well, I, I mean, we were, I was I was really excited to bring you on because you know we, we've we've crossed paths multiple yeah. times now, um, and it's so fun because especially in that place in particular at Amsterdam, I mean, we literally sit there and we can point at virtually every third person walking through and be like, oh, they'd be a good person to talk to, or yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think it's really indicative of, of our soccer community because as as robust as it is, 950 names in in your yeah. Hall of Fame, wow. and it's only going to grow, and you know, and you look at firsthand through not only your grandchildren and being close to the club and understanding the academies i mean the spigot is not going to be turned off if no. anything that 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 nozzle just got wider yeah. and, and terry mickler gave me the greatest compliment ever when i took over the reins he says thank you he says thank you for continuing the story you know, and you know, I, I can That's still great. remember that. I can still remember that. Yeah, he. Uh, we're really excited because he's. We're going to be chatting with him next week. In fact. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah he, what a uh, great guy. We played against each other. Oh, did you yeah, really? In high school. Yeah. <laughs> well, he. Well, I, so I. Jerry I played Mickler, under. He was. He coached, didn't he? CBC. Oh, he was a coach. Oh, For a I little didn't, bit. I didn't yeah. Know that. He was also here in St. Louis. He was in also. <laughs> he was also a great player. He he was drafted. Only a couple of years, right? A few. A few like a few years at CBC. You, yeah, uh, like only a couple decades. Two or three decades. Any yeah. champion? Four. No? We'll yeah, have to see what he has to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't. Great, great, great guy. Great guy. Well, I, I want to say one thing real quick. Yeah, go ahead. It's just common thread. Gettysmeyer, Petcher, all the different folks. Godat. 
the common theme besides the story is the team. And you guys, you know, Jared, JB, you guys talk about these amazing accolades you achieved when you were a youth <clears throat> in college, but you always remember every name of every player you played with and yeah. against. And that blows my mind every time. And so I'm not trying to blow smoke. I just, I love hearing that from you, Jim, because you see so many people that come through the Hall of Fame through your coaching career, through your playing career, and yet you still, at this stage, are saying, yeah, it's still a team game, and that's that's who I, I rely on, and that's who I, I think back yeah. to. And I just think that's such a cool, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's unique to soccer, but it kind of feels like it because the other sports have a little bit more of an individualist. Well, I think I think you could geek, I think you could geek out and do even like the physical attributes of a lot of the other sports. For example, baseball, right? Yeah. When you play baseball, you have nine people on the field versus maybe one batter, or at most, you know, three runners and a batter. Right. So the the, the competition is very isolated. Football, you're in all this gear, <clears throat> and one half of the team never plays against the other half of the team, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, hockey is close. Um, basketball's close. Yeah, but basketball's yeah. close. But soccer is one of those things that it doesn't stop. There's no whistles. You're, you're, you're just there in shorts and a T-shirt, right? Yep. And you're walking up and down the field, and you're looking these guys in the face, and it's it's like you're on you know the schoolyard all the time. So, like, it, it, it's... I just think that there's some chemistry. There's something that happens on a soccer pitch yeah. with your teammates and, more importantly, with the people that you play, your rivals oh, in yeah. particular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know who they are. Yep. You know everything about them. You know their DNA. You know their eye color. Yep. You know everything about well, them. Well, there's no eye in the Soccer Hall of Fame. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> right? Not yet, right? It's true. Yeah, there, there, are, there are no eyes in that uh, phrase. Last thing, Jim. How can people support the Hall of Fame? Do you do you have a fundraising mechanism? Is it just tickets? It's do basically just tickets. You know, they can go to our Facebook page. They can go to our uh, website. We have links to to uh, ticket sales and ad sales. So you know, it, this is one our one and only event that uh, you know brings us all together. You know, uh, every team has their own little bitty get together. You know, yeah. uh, at the end of the season. But uh, this is the one event that all the, all the clubs come to participate. All the people that are involved with soccer come to participate. And that's what's, that's what's you know, I feel most proud about that, yeah. you know, that everybody can get together and have a good night. Well, if, yeah. you, if, you're made, if you made it this far, thank you. And give them a follow. That'd, that'd be great because they're doing great things. It really just shines the light on everything that we've been talking about, especially if you're a current soccer parent. Your child's path was paved by a long list of individuals that we just mentioned and some that you have no idea. Uh, give them a follow. You know, it, it, that, that, that always helps. So here we go. I'm going to roll this out real quick, guys. Thank, thank you, you, Mr. Laker. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for coming Anytime. in. Anytime. Anytime. We're going to go with another. A little Willie. How about this one, Jared? Jim, thank you. Anytime, yeah, JB. I, I'm sure I will see you at your boardroom yep. in the next couple. <laughs> yeah. We got some big uh, Champions chance, League games. If I get a chance. <laughs> is Mbappe out for the Bayern game? Did I, I hear that? Know. I think he is. I don't know. All I care about is Chelsea. So you can. It don't matter. We got we got BVB coming up. So give us a follow, people. Spotify, Apple. We really would love some reviews because our egos are getting awfully large. Please Mine's knock not. them down. 
Um, <laughs> Couldn't get any larger, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give us a follow. Give the, the give the Hall of Fame a follow uh, and support St. Louis soccer at all levels. Thank you. You're talking about Lexus. They never stay home and they're home.